0: The following is a production of dallascowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Standback, Nick Harris. John Mashoda and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking
1: Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as week one is here. And it's time to preview the Cowboys' defense facing the New York Giants' offense here on this Wednesday. That's what we'll do all season long. Wednesdays, we preview the Dallas defensive matchup, and then on Thursdays, we switch things over. And we preview the Cowboys' offensive matchup. But that is where we'll get things started this week. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how we doing?
2: Fantabulous. Doing fantastic. Nice. Doing fantastic. Four days. Four, Four
1: days. days. Yep. It's all we've got.
3: Mm-hmm. It's on. Like, <laughs> don't get on.
1: Cowboys back in the practice field today. Mike McCarthy's got his presser coming up at 11. Any pressing news that we're waiting to hear
2: from? I, I guess more clarity on Tyler Smith as, as the days pass. Um, yeah, reports coming out about an MRI yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I think his status is kind of uncertain uh, going forward. So here's to hoping that that left guard situation gets figured out quick. <laughs> Goodness.
4: That has to be the biggest thing. Yeah, I saw that there was reports that it came back on the MRI as a hamstring strain. So it's all about, you know, I, I feel strongly if this was a playoff game, you wouldn't even be thinking twice. But because it's so early in the season, you just never really know. And And I don't think that Mike McCarthy would, even if they thought today, Yeah, he's probably not going to go Sunday night. He's not going to tip his hand on that at all. Just for the game planning things. I'm just from being around Mike McCarthy over the last few years, like he does not give that stuff up at all. So um, that that even if it even if he wasn't going to play, we won't know about it until probably Jerry on the radio Friday. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) getting really close right up to it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're going to probably see him play. I. That's just a that's a gut feeling more than it is a report. I just
4: I, I look at Division this offensive game. line, yeah,
1: and and the matchup that they have. I mean, we'll talk about more of that matchup specifically tomorrow. But I just don't see them not playing Tyler Smith in this game, and if they do, maybe they they they. If they are pushing it a little bit, maybe they keep him in a rotation and it's it's not full snaps, but that's really hard to do with an offensive lineman anyways. You want to have some continuity up front. It's not like switching in and out receivers and getting snaps like that. So I, I think he plays. I think he'll be there, and I think he'll be ready to go. But, of course, we'll look to see some clarity. And do you think there will be clarity today whether or not he is on the practice field?
4: Or do you think most of that is going to come Friday because he – I mean, there's a chance he's not out there today, for yeah. sure, where he could just be getting treatment and things like that. I, I don't necessarily expect that, but, yeah, that's always a possibility. If they think giving him a couple days will, will help, then, yeah, that's possible. But um, I still think even if that was the case, they wouldn't tell you if he's going to be out yeah. or not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Keep an eye on Tyler Smith moving forward. But, yeah, Cowboys back on the practice field. McCarthy coming up at 11 a.m. Central Time. Isaiah, I want you to dive into this real quick. We talked about the identity. And identity is such a buzzword around the NFL. Yeah. And it it varies. Mm-hmm. But what is the offensive identity for the New York Giants? And how could the Cowboys uh, – what are the, the Cowboys
3: trying to take away if that is their identity? Well, you want to force them into a passing situation, and that's easy to say with this defense. But the best player on the field for them offensively is their running back, Saquon Barkley. And I feel as if he is such a – a huge element of their offense and i don't want to start throwing random percentages out there but i believe the last thing when i heard is around 70 percent. he's about 70 involved in what they do offensively um, whether he's in the receiving game or whether he's running the ball so if you are able to have a from the defense's perspective a positive effect on him um it's just simply slow him down everybody wants to say stop him shut him down like Certain individuals, it's kind of hard to do that on, right? Especially when they have the versatility to flex out and all those things. But if you could simply slow him down, you go back to last year's game back in November, they were able to simply slow him down, right? Get their hands on him at the line of scrimmage, really disrupt his his route out into the, whether he's running a route or whether he's running a screenplay, right? Just really disrupt him before he gets the ball in his hands. Because once the ball is in his hands, you're going to need, you're going to need all your partners to come, (laughs) come Mm -hmm. to the party because he's just that shifty. He's just that dynamic. Um, That's, that's what it is. So, to that point, find a way to slow him down, and I feel like you're going to find yourself in a good situation because I still don't believe that
4: Danny Dimes is Danny Dimes. I still think he's Danny Nickel. Well, <laughs> at least I mean, he's Nickel. <laughs> I mean, to that point, though, I will also say, when I look at my time covering the Cowboys versus Giants going back to Dak's rookie year, like I don't think the Giants have done a good job at all of replacing Odell Beckham. Mm. Odell Beckham, 2018, that's the last time they had a 1,000-yard receiver. I mean, since then, there's been times where the Cowboys have talked about potentially having three 1,000-yard receivers on the the team. And I'm not saying they haven't tried. They gave a boatload of money to Kenny Galladay. He's gone. Uh, They drafted Darius. uh, Yeah, but I was going to say Kadarius Toney. Pretty high, thinking that he was going to be a big part of it. They have not put a a perimeter player out there that you really fear. I think I would say over this last four or five years, really since Odell, Sterling Shepard maybe is their best guy. And I don't think anybody looks at him like he's a, he's a number one. And so during that time, so they lose both those games to the Giants' Dax rookie year. And since then, they've only lost to the Giants once. And it was uh, at the end of that 2020 season. So, I mean, and then just listening to all the questions they were getting. Because, you know, for us, you know, Micah Parsons talks, he'll talk today. That's, I think that's what the schedule is going to be for the season. Dak always talks on Thursdays. And then yesterday, the Giants had uh, Daniel Jones talked, Dexter Lawrence talked, um, I think somebody else did, too. Maybe Darren Waller. I mean, mm-hmm. they they had a lot of their top guys talk. And, man, just looking at the questions they were all getting, it was all about how, you know, is it in your guys' head now that you guys can't beat the Cowboys and all this stuff? Just one question after another. And as a player, you got to be annoyed by that. But, I mean, the records are what they are. But when I look back at why it's been like that, one of the biggest things that jumps out is just that perimeter Playmakers just haven't been there.
2: Yeah, I want to touch on a couple of things. We could talk about the receiving core for the Giants and kind of piggybacking off of what you said about how they haven't really had that reliable guy since Odell. I do feel like eventually Jalen Hyatt could be that guy for them, mm-hmm. but I, it's not going to be Week One, so it's it's another instance of hey, very fortunate that they they get him at least this early in the season on the road. Uh, very similar to how they get Aaron Rodgers Week Two, at least that happens early in the season. Uh, but I think Jalen Hyatt f- further down the road could definitely be that guy for them. Uh, and looking around, Darren. Waller, Hold up, let's
4: stay on that for real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you think he fell as far as he did in the draft, though?
2: I, I think what what people looked at when they looked at him from Tennessee is he's just boomer bust. Yeah, whether you know he can have the big play or he's not going to get you much in the short to intermediate game Uh, and that could be that could be attributed to his route tree that could be attributed to Tennessee's receiver development over the years too Uh, I mean I can't really think of a Tennessee receiver off the top of my head that's been something as of late so I I think that's a big part of it but you know if you have a guy like you know Danny Dimes or Danny Nichols however Isaiah wants to (laughs) put it uh, if he can just get the ball to him downfield that's eventually going to open up a lot of things for Saquon it makes sense why they drafted him
4: the only reason I wanted to Bring that up with you is because uh, people that live on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> like we do, have seen the video of oh, yeah. during his draft process with him and Cowboys wide receiver coach Robert Prince. Mm-hmm. And Robert Prince is like basically telling him, you know, hey man, just go. Out. Yeah, I want to say, you know what, it was it was at his pro day. I want to say he was it at was. Tennessee. Yeah, I don't think I've like, seen this. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> like he's like uh, telling him, he's like, man, you know, you know what you are, you know what you are, and Jalen Hyatt comes right back, goes, what am I, coach? <laughs> what am I? And it's like kind of contentious for a little bit. Um, uh, one of our reporters at The Athletic asked asked him about it uh, this week, a couple of days ago, I think, and he said it was all cool. And it was just like yeah. it was one of those environments where he was just kind of trying to motivate him or whatever. But if you just watch the video, it makes it certainly seem like Robert Prince is kind of inferring that, you know, everyone knows you're the speed guy. Now mm-hmm. you're out here in this project. Show everybody that you can do everything else. It wasn't saying – you're not anything else, but it's like, Hey, that's what th- these guys that are watching right now are thinking. Show them in this. That's what I took it as. Yeah. Yeah. But you know how, when that stuff gets on social media, how it can yeah. gain it, legs it, like that, whatever Yeah, it
1: gets out of context. But then when he fell like... in the
4: draft too, there was kind of part of me where I, cause there was some talking and possibly being a first round pick. Yeah.
1: yeah. Here's the, the con that I had on him whenever I was watching film and draft coverage, I said pretty confined to the slot, even in college, because some of the other players outside, they had a guy named Cedric Tillman on the outside. That was pretty good as, as well. Uh, It'll likely take a transition period to move to a pro-style spread, but he's talented enough to make it happen, needs to develop his route tree to expedite that process. So it kind of goes back to what the video might have been talking about, was the route tree and the speed. Because he's uh, quick-released, he's got the skill set, he's explosive, he brings all that to the table. Uh, But like you said, Nick, you're catching him in Week 1. You're not catching him as a rookie in Week 15 yet. I mean, of course, you face the Giants later in the year as well but you're, you're not seeing the, the high end of Jalen Hyatt initially uh, to where it's, it's really going to scare you from a weapon standpoint. And going back to what John was saying earlier, Daniel Jones is 1-5 in, in his career against Dallas. The only win was Week 17 of 2020 against Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback. So that's not all his fault. There's been injuries to Saquon Barkley. There's been lack of production on the outside. But Isaiah, you'd seem to think that Danny Dimes play, plays a pretty significant factor into that as
3: well. Absolutely. And I think he's going to have a substantially better season this year. He'll probably have his best season of his career um, this year, simply because of who his head coach is and his coordinator. I mean, Dayball Ball is an absolute beast when it comes to – play calling and his his understanding of concepts. Just to back your point up, in his one
1: season with Dable, he set career highs in completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdown, passer rating
3: all last year. Yep,
2: And And playoff wins. Yeah, and playoff (laughs) wins. Yeah,
3: That's a good one too. So, I mean, the reality is he has more time underneath that leadership now, and he's going to be that much more refined. And these guys don't have a receiver, uh, as we're talking about the receiver room, but they do have a, a pretty solid committee of receivers and um, and when you have a OC or head coach, however you want to call him, okay, in Dable and you have a quarterback who's been underneath his wings now for a little over a year, has a great understanding and then he have a, a room where anybody could be the man any day. That creates a dangerous kind of kind of setting for any defense, um, and it really just comes down to what your front can do now to force them into those passing situations because we all know Mr. Nichols is going to give you an opportunity. He's going to give you opportunity. Right, Mr. Nickel. <laughs> yeah. He's going to give you an opportunity, but you have to force him into that position. You can't give Dabo the option to run
4: the ball and pass the ball. You will find yourself in a situation. And obviously he's sold on him because they wouldn't have given him that contract if, no. if they no. didn't. Um, one other thing I was going to say on Hyatt, I mean, he was a top 75 pick. I'm not trying to act like he fell to the fourth, fifth round, but I don't know. Maybe I overrate it because I like college football. But I mean, when a yeah. guy wins the Blitnikoff, best you know, college wide receiver in that, And then there was just all the hype coming out of college, Mm -hmm. and that I just thought he would be late first, you know, mid second or something like that. I
2: I fully expected a mid to late second on him, and even. I wouldn't have surprised me if someone took a risk on him in the first. You know, he just kind of felt like that kind of talent. And as he kept falling, that really surprised me back in April. But um, I think he's going to have a very similar year to Christian Watson in the fact that, like, you kind of forget who he is the first six, seven weeks. And then, oh, my goodness, where did this 150 yard three touchdown performance come out from? So can we I, make sure that that <laughs> opening, like, his his I,
1: coming out game doesn't happen against Dallas? I don't know. It's, it's going to
2: happen against the secondary that doesn't have a good safety core because it's going to mm. require him to get over the top and have those big plays. And Danny Dimes to be able to connect with them, so I, don't, I don't think, think that, that happens against Dallas. Yeah, I, I and... just me theorizing. I don't want to sound like the homer <laughs> here, but yeah, yeah, that
4: Packers game. If Daniel Jones is the quarterback and not Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he would have had that game. Either. Yeah, but exactly. That's just Fair me. point. That's exactly.
2: I want to touch on Saquon Barkley really quick. I think Dallas has done a really good job since yep. Barkley has come in the league of at least limiting him. Uh, through eight games, uh, Saquon has played against the Cowboys, averaging 58 rushing yards on 12 carries. He's had more uh, action in the receiving game as of late, and his last three games he's had a 120 rushing yards 109 rushing yards and then 80 receiving yards so one two three so i i guess just trying to limit him in, in both of those categories and, and you know the run defense is going to be something we put a big spotlight on in week one just to see how it's improved whether it be with Hankins Mozzie uh, or with the guys in the second level to see if they can come in and you know limit that running game but I, I think overall the Cowboys have done a pretty good job but yeah. it start, Barkley starting to catch up a little bit he's starting to pick up back on those averages a little bit
1: yeah he reached 20 miles per hour on six carries last season which was tied for first in the NFL and a lot of that came at the back half of the season because he did deal with some of those early injuries Do do you think you talked about the shiftiness earlier. Do you think Saquon I mean there's a lot of discontent there as well in terms of contracts and running backs mm-hmm. and whatever's ended up happening in New York. Do you think he's back fully to what he was originally to where it will be tough for Dallas. And it I mean it's going to be a test regardless but this is a run defense that we're still
3: kind of questioning going into week 1. I'm interested to see what Dayball's approach to this defense is going to be. Um, to, to Nick's point, Dallas has done a pretty doggone good job against Saquon Barkley in the past. Dan Quinn has had a good game plan for him. However, you're meeting an offensive coordinator who's probably the most confident he's been in that organization. You're meeting a quarterback who's the most confident he's been in that Organization, um, Those guys have whatever chemistry that has been brewing for the entire offseason. So you're going to get the healthiest version of Saquon Barkley that you'll face all year long. So there's a lot of things that are against you in that regard. But at the end of the day, you have the you have the personnel to handle this and you're going to have to have your head on a swivel because they're going to going to is going to be in his bag and there's going to be things that he's been brewing up all offseason you know, since last year or since the beginning of the year that he's just been waiting to, to pull out against Dallas. And, you know, you just have to be calm. You have to steady the seas. There's going to be plays that they make. There's going to be splash plays. And you just have to know that, hey, these, this is a part of being in the first game of the season. Every team's going to go through this for the first four games of the year. There's going to be things that they just haven't seen because guys have been drawing stuff up all all summer. So just be calm, be collected, you know, stay to your keys, stay to your, stay disciplined. Um, they're going to get their plays, but just make sure that you don't get too high or
4: too low. They've been definitely following the Cowboys blueprint of 2011 on with spending those first round picks on, on offensive linemen. And you'd think that obviously the Cowboys had a lot, have had a lot of success drafting the first round and it's not always going to be a hit for everybody, but Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, they just took the uh, John Michael Schmitz. I think it is the yep. center. So They've been, I really liked him in the they've been spending team. yeah they've been spending a lot of really high picks to solidify this offensive line so it'll be interesting to see if that group's taken an, another step forward
2: and they're really starting to get talented in the trenches and they're young too so that's that's it's kind of concerning
1: <laughs> how much does Daniel Jones play a factor into that because he's a mobile quarterback I mean as much as you really want to talk about it he's where would you rank him let's start there where would you rank him in terms of mobile quarterbacks in the NFL
3: where would you put him I mean, how how high are we going on rankings?
2: So here, I'll I'll let's I'll name talk about a guys that are definitely above him. definitely above Josh him. Allen, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's in the top ten. That's one definitely
1: and two. He's in the top ten. He's in the top ten. He, yeah, I would argue just he's top five. Quarterbacks? Oh, wow. you're out your mind. Okay. No, no, actually,
4: I'm not. I'll give you some. So there uh, many,
2: there's not, there's not many
1: you mobile guys. Here if you here think go. About it. How about this?
4: name like five. Name five. If only we could get a hold of a mobile quarterback, that we could ask about this. Yeah, that would be nice. Or two of them. Daniel Jones last year. How does his mobility stack up against yours? Oh, yeah. Now? Yeah. Where where is it now? 39-year-old Isaiah? (laughs) Yes.
1: Daniel Jones is one of three quarterbacks in the NFL last year that had 3,000 passing yards and 500 rushing yards, only behind Josh Allen and... Uh, he had a big Hurts. rushing day against That's the Cowboys. A, hey, facts, I, yes, I he did.
3: Hey, the facts are
1: he has <laughs> the capability of running. He was also top five <laughs> in rushing yards by a quarterback last year, behind That's... only Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was above everybody else. You
3: didn't hear Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray would run circles around. Kyler Murray yeah. was seventh. I understand, yeah. but I'm saying, so we're we talking about capabilities, yeah. or are we talking about how the team utilizes him? Like uh, Those two different things. Two different things. So we're we talking about skill set. Skill set he is not in a, not even close in the top five of athleticism of quarterback. But that's not what real. I'm talking yeah. about. I'm, I'm talking okay. about
1: dual thread ability,
3: and I, again dual that goes hand in hand includes throwing the ball. So how they utilize him is totally different than how the skill set what he's capable of doing. If you if everything is covered because most of the time he gets his rushing yards because everybody's covered and nobody's really concerned about rushing him, mm-hmm. right? So of course you, you're going to take off and get what you can get every every. Every offense isn't necessarily set up that way. Sure. Um, Dak Prescott has more rushing capabilities than Danny Dines, but guess what? He's been a little tentative over the past few years. So he's not going to take off passing a lot of scrimmage. Now, um, that most likely would change this year. But he he's definitely somebody you have to respect. He's not, he doesn't look like he's the most athletic guy, but if you don't pay attention to him, he'll take off on you. He'll make oh, you yeah. pay for it. He'll yeah. move the chains. And that's all he wants to do. He's not trying to score touchdowns off of running. He's just trying to move the chains and keep this offense on the field. You had him in the top five. Who, who were your five again?
1: Uh, I had Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields ahead of him. Uh, and that's mostly because I think Daniel Jones is a better passer than Kyler Murray, and so that's why I had it there.
4: The other, the, my other factor in this is that... If we're talking
1: athleticism, completely separate yeah, conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. But in terms of complete package as a dual-threat quarterback, I would have Daniel Jones above Kyler Murray right now. Would you have him above Patrick Mahomes? Ooh, Ooh, probably not. So then the I would push Donaldson. him out of the
4: top five then. If Daniel yeah. Jones had Good point. Patrick Mahomes' arm talent, he would not be running as much. Not even And close. that's why I don't think that Patrick runs nearly as much as he yep. could. Mahomes was ninth in rushing yards last year, and I, I would agree with you on that. I mean, he takes some hits that even then I'm just kind of like, you don't
1: need <laughs> so to So he's take top it. six. He, he's barely slipping into top ten for Rico. So would you put Geno above him? Absolutely. Okay. I, I don't think I would. Geno's Gino uh, not
3: faster than Danny Dimes. We're, we're not talking about I'm just faster. Talking about, we're I'm just talking, talking about dual ability. Package. What do you guys consider dual ability? Ability to sit back in the pocket and throw. Yes. And ability to throw on a run, correct? Correct. Yes. And, right. and, and run.
2: And, and yes. Yeah, and you guys ball are ball saying ball that ball Danny
3: ball. has more ability than Geno Smith in that regard.
2: I think so. I think it's close, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so
4: too. Ah, man. You were a Seattle guy.
5: Geno's done it before last well, why year. We are talking to a Seattle guy. Before
4: last year. I would have said, yeah, no question, but Gino was <laughs> – You guys man, are crazy. He was good. Yeah. He, I, I he like really... you guys,
3: but you guys are crazy. <laughs> <He's> crazy.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know, man. Gino – I do want to see another year from him, but, man, last year was I guess impressive. to your point,
2: Isaiah, you could factor in the fact that um, Gino has a lot more weapons available, so it, he doesn't necessarily have to do as much as Danny did at times yeah. last year. But whenever Danny needed to get out of the hey, pocket hey, and pick so up some
3: extra yardage, he did How that. things pan out versus how things – or what they're capable of, those are two, two different things. Yeah, separate for things. sure, for sure. If but you,
2: you also have to look at the results on the table sometimes.
4: Uh, mm. That's why I'm
2: not a stats guy.
4: That's why I'm not a stats are guy. Are you a wins versus loss guy? Absolutely. Let mm-hmm. me ask you let me ask you this then. Would you
3: <laughs> I mean you, I don't I mean listen here. I if 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 Dak Prescott throws for five hundred yards this year, but the Dallas Cowboys win every game, I don't give a doggone. You still, he still, you know, he, yeah, he probably made yeah. good decisions. You know, so when it comes down to that, I don't care in regards to a lot of stats. But in terms of when I think about dual threat quarterback, I'm thinking about the ability to have speed, agility, mm-hmm. arm strength,
4: and accuracy. Okay, so maybe not on the accuracy part on what I'm about to ask you, but all the <laughs> other ones, like Justin Fields, just knocks it out of the park. Athleticism, yeah. How would you feel if you were an NFL GM if I had if I was like you got to pick for your team going forward, Daniel Jones or Justin Fields? Where where would you go on that?
3: It depends on who the coaches are. Mm. Okay,
4: so, but, so still, it's at least close though. So you're you're talking
3: utilization, but I mean Brian I'm ta- I'm D- saying there's what Some, Brian some, Dable's things, Dable's some a coach. things can't be taught, right? That's why athleticism can't be taught. But you can if a guy is willing to learn and capable of learning, you could turn an athletic quarterback into an absolute beast of a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danny Dimes has a cap on how good he can be physically. Mm. There's a cap on it. Yeah. Right. At some point in time, you have to sit back and say, OK, now we have to strategize him being in the pocket for the most part. Right. You take a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, uh, uh, uh whoever else you want to put out there, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes. All these other guys that are way more athletic than Danny Dimes and put them in an offense that allows for them to run the ball. They run a zone read and things like that. They have, of course, their stats are going to show that they're that they're more capable. But in terms of their physical aspect, like these guys, it's, it's night and day.
1: It oh, did you ever mention
4: season. Jalen Hurts? Yeah, he was okay. up there. Yeah. That's oh. what I'm saying.
1: He barely. I mean, Jalen Hurts is number two, okay. one yeah. or maybe one on that yeah. list. It yeah. depends. I I would have to I really look down at it. Written these.
3: There's no different Sorry. in the conversation you guys had <laughs> with, with, about about Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts didn't have great stats, and all of a sudden, the system the system
4: is what the system is. Yeah, to and your point and about balls that. out. Yeah, yeah, to your point about that. Tell me who the coaches <laughs> yeah, are. Obviously absolutely. That was a, that's a big factor yeah. there for sure.
1: And the coaches in. New York take advantage of Danny Dimes and his ability. I mean that's that's part of it. It's Josh Allen ish. You you
3: play with it, the cards it's great value Josh Allen. Absolutely, it's, it's Josh Allen ish. Yeah, yeah it
2: is. Yeah, he's 6'5", 230, and he runs for seven hundred yards and not eight hundred. Yeah. He's running straight. He's going to run straight. Yeah.
3: You're not worried about him making a man miss, right? But if you don't if you don't keep your eyes on him, yeah, he's going to burn you for a first right. down. Yeah. But you're not. But but you take him and you take a Kyler Murray. And those guys get outside the pocket, you're not threatened by Josh, Daniel. Uh, by, by Daniel yeah. Jones the yeah. way that you're. Absolutely. No. So that's, that's what, what I'm talking saying. About. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but, if you, but if, also if you don't pay if he, gets, to him,
1: if he gets outside the pocket and there's a receiver open 35 yards downfield, you break, are you more upset? or Are you more concerned with Daniel Jones? or Are you more concerned with Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. No, no no all doubt. day. Yeah. No all day.
3: Way more powerful arm. Yeah. Way more powerful arm. I don't know about way more. 80 yards Come versus on. 80 yards versus 65 yards. That's a big difference. 80 yards? I could throw 80 yards, Kyle. I know you can. Kyler Murray could throw about 80 Kyler yards. Martin. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We're going to take our first break. When
1: we come back, kind of pairing the two together, we talked about Saquon Barkley. We've talked about Daniel Jones. But then there's a read option game. Mm-hmm. Who has to stay disciplined on the Cowboys front seven in order to take that away from New York on Sunday Night Football? And as we continue to get
0: in to week number one, we'll be right back with more talking Cowboys.
1: App, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC.
3: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
1: This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back into the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. Nick Harris, John Machoda, Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam in the back. We talked a lot about Daniel Jones and his mobile ability, but really... It's the way he's utilized, as to Isaiah's point. Brian Dable does a phenomenal job of allowing him to get into space and allowing him to carry the football with confidence. Part of that stems from the read option, and part of that stems from allowing a defense to make a decision. So I'm going to give Nick Harris, I want you to start things off. Give me one player that has to stay ultra-disciplined against the Giants' offense this week on the Cowboys' defense that has to— to stay disciplined against that read option in orf- order for them to be successful?
2: I, I mean, it always plays into the defensive ends, and it, you want your best rush defender to play at his best, so I would say Demarcus Lawrence um, coming off the end. you know, I, I want him to stay disciplined there, and that seals off that side of things. You know, Micah Parsons, I would like to see how he improves in the running game this year, and I think this is going to be a very fun test in week one, but uh, I want Demarcus Lawrence just to you know, quiet all of the weird hate that he got during training camp and just go ahead and ball out on, on, on Sunday night
1: somebody i think Dan Quinn was the one that told me it was it was a conversation late in camp it was like two or three days before we left maybe even closer to that somebody told me he thought Daniel or DeMarcus Lawrence had his best camp yeah, since
2: he's been. Mike here. McCarthy said that in his press conference. Maybe that was Mike yeah. that said yeah. it then, yeah. or maybe it was so. Dan that said it in his I, press conference.
4: I, I think it was one of the two. One yeah. of two. Either really way.
2: important <laughs> people that did it. Yeah. yeah,
4: his two, his two bosses. And Mike, Mike made it. You know, i want to say it was him, and it was since he's been the head coach. So it's the yeah. best four years. I think the big thing with Demarcus is just he's he's healthy right now, and I don't know this to be a fact. I'm just throwing this out there. I kind of, he hasn't been in the locker room a ton. I kind of think he's avoiding, like, he doesn't want a bunch, because he knows that. That's going to be one of the first things gonna talk about, like, oh, you're so healthy, you're playing great, where when you're a veteran like him, you don't even want to talk about this stuff. You just want to play. You don't want to even harp on, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm finally healthy and stuff like that. You don't want to, you know, almost jinx it. I mean, it's pretty tough to be in pro sports, and i have a little superstition to you. So, no, Lawrence is a great one for that, for sure. Do you load the box, Isaiah?
1: Against New York, in that case, Dallas didn't load the box a whole lot last year, but they had success in doing so. Do you, do you load it up because of the threat of the run,
3: and maybe to help out the reads in terms of the guys on the edge? I do not, and I the, the my player uh, that I believe needs to be the most disciplined is going to be Demon Clark. Uh, reason being. At the defensive line position, whenever you're facing a zone read, your coach is simply asking you to, yeah, be aware, but more so be decisive. Because if you're decisive, then your second-level defenders can now adjust off of you, right? But if you're caught in no man's land, they don't really know where to go. So Damone Clark, the reason why I believe that he has to be most disciplined with his eyes in particular is because – it's hard you're you're already sitting you know three to five yards off the line of scrimmage you're responsible for coming downhill and and filling gaps but you're also responsible for playing at the second level defender so as you start talking about the zone zone reads and things of that nature well you have to start talking about rpo because you can't just play the zone read aspect of this rpo there's two guys that can run the ball and there's routes that are going on behind you as well so if Demon clark fully commits at that second level and comes downhill, now there's a, a gaping hole behind him for those slants, right? So those quick, little quick zone reads, and then boom, pop, little quick, little pop pass is what we call them, whether it be to Darren Waller coming off the ball and turning right behind the, the first level, or whether it be uh, Slade or one of those guys getting it at the second level. So that's those linebackers, is really tough on them Talk about a Marquise Bell, J. Ron curse those guys walking down and playing the end of that um, second level as well. It's really hard on those guys. Right? Yeah. It's really difficult.
2: Yeah, the RPO th- throws a really fun wrinkle and yeah. all that. So I, I like the Damon Clark pick there. And him and Lawrence are going to have to work together anyway, You know, coming off yep. that same side. So it, it kind of goes hand in hand for sure, for sure.
1: Dallas last year had a 59% success rate when aligning six or fewer Defenders in the box that was seventh best in the NFL. So they had success in doing so. A big reason for that was Leighton Vanderesh and having Anthony Barr there too that were able to kind of combine on the edge and and kind of fill those holes. But it it also played a factor with Donovan Wilson. I mean, the fact that Donovan Wilson could come down and shoot the gap and fill those holes well. uh, And you're not Probably going to have Donovan. Do
4: did we get an update? Uh, no, I don't have an update. Still it's, yeah. it's, it's very questionable. This goes all key, the way back right? to the start of training camp. camp. It's yeah. yeah, this calf injury. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. And if he does, then you're you know, it's a pleasant surprise. But sure. fortunately for them, that's one of the deepest positions on the team. Yeah. So but you, yeah, when you were saying that about the guys, I'm glad you mentioned Curse because that is definitely someone that stands out to me just because of he's going to have the big assignment of being on Waller and. I really feel like if, if you can tell me that J. Ron Kearse is going to have a really good game, I think things are going to go really well for their defense. How much does Waller add to this offense for the Giants? Because that's an element that they've
1: had in the past, but not necessarily the same level of a Darren Waller specifically.
4: Yeah, they've hoped for it. I mean, yeah. that's why they drafted, you know, Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. but. It's tough, because I can't sit here and say I've watched their training camp, but if sure. him and Daniel Jones are on the same page, and that's you know Daniel Jones' guy, yeah, that could be huge. I mean, you've seen it. We talk about you know Brady and Gronkowski, or you obviously talk about Mahomes and Kelsey. That can be huge. I mean, but that goes back to what I, the point I was making earlier. It's like, you have Saquon Barkley, you've drafted these offensive linemen, but you just haven't had that perimeter threat to kind of make them pay, uh, not just Cowboys, but any opposing team. So maybe that is Waller if he's healthy, but i find it hard to believe that they part ways with him for i think it was a third round pick if they thought darren waller was still the i want to say it was 2020 he made the pro bowl i mm-hmm. think that was that was his best year and he obviously was great double but uh um, he had some injuries since then yeah he's right. gotta stay yeah, healthy. yeah there you go that's the big thing yeah
3: if if he's healthy he's, he's a still legitimate yeah. he's a problem he's never been known for being the biggest blocker he is a receiving yeah big tight end he's freaking massive uh, 2020 pro bowl yes yeah. This is my question. Nobody, they're not talking. Enough conversation isn't being had about Donovan Wilson's potential absence in this game.
2: Mm-hmm. The
3: impact that he has on this defense is is absolutely insane. Him being gone, you have to feel that void. Yes, you can rotate another player in there, and they they are deep. They have Marquise Bill. They have Wanye Thomas. Both of those guys had amazing camps. My question is, with a Darren Waller, right? There's a couple guys that you kind of have to just counsel out because you can't allow Darren Waller to sit up there and have a field day of of eight to ten catches for you know ninety plus yards. He would destroy you in that regard. Do you take curse and place curse on him to and put him on that matchup, or would you bring in Israel Mukwamu, who's a better pass defender, and let him take? darren waller and allow curse to play more in the box
2: i'm starting with curse um and if it doesn't work out then you adjust but i'm starting with curse 100
3: yeah
1: same here i, I th-
4: completely agree yeah. yeah
1: i think i would start with curse there too i, I know you're asking this question because we were, we were in studio yesterday yeah trying to figure out the same thing for hit sticks Correct. we were trying to make the adjustments for no donovan wilson in the fold where do you go
3: i, I feel like you have a different answer to that question I don't disagree that I would start there, mm-hmm. but I would I would make his life complete hell yeah. by putting if you're McQuam- on the offense. If i if I yeah, I would I personally would put McQuamo in there to just stay in his hip pocket, long, yeah. rangy. You can't you're not going to run a route on him. There's Your nothing footwork. that there's nothing that Darren Waller is going to do that's going to really allow for himself to have a one to two yard separation, right? And you have this lanky arms, right? So in terms of body frame. I think it's a heck of a matchup in terms of footwork. You have to give the footwork to Israel McQuamo, right? His ability to be able to guard every route that Darren Waller would run. I know a lot of people are going to say, "Well, McQuamo again." You have Curse. You know, it's about taking what guys do best, and the reason why you have depth at these positions because all these guys do something different. They all bring a different valuable asset to this team. I think. This is a week where Mukwamu is better fit to stick on Waller and allow Curse to be that, uh, run in, that run enforcement in the box to take away Saquon Barkley.
2: I, I like that. Who do you think is more physical, Jay Ron or Israel Mukamu? Oh, Israel, all day long. You think Israel i more? No, but, okay. again, I was like, I'm, sorry,
3: a I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was sorry.
1: to say. No, J. Ron all day long. You said all day long. But I was like, wait a second. Which day are we on? That's fine. That's yeah.
2: fine. I, I, then it comes down to how physical do you think Darren Waller is. If you think Mukwamu can handle that challenge, then okay. I don't think that's
3: his best asset. Okay. I don't think anybody has ever yeah, sat, sat, it's sat it's there and said Darren Waller is a mauler.
2: Yeah, absolutely not.
3: Nat never. Right? But, right, but you, but you always fear his ability to be a pass catcher and run down the field. When he was,
1: yeah. when he was making the Pro Bowl in 2020, he he was a little more physical than I think.
2: The contested catches were there. Yeah, like, it's, it's, he was it's physical more so physicality in that and ball catching rather than physicality Thank and you. route running. Great point. And so then I'm, it, that makes sense with Mukamu. You you would rather have him in coverage. or I, I'm sorry, in in uh, ball skill coverage yep. whenever the mm-hmm. ball's in the air. So I understand that line of thinking, but yeah. I, I want want ron in there. I, heard, I don't I don't I heard, even want to test. I, it. I, I just I, I, I I'm,
3: I'm saying it because really I know most people out there are gonna gonna go against what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. But I'm thinking about it from straight attributes. From straight attributes. If you're going off of attributes alone and what are you trying to take away, I'm going with Muquamu. Yeah. I'm not trying to take a better overall player off the field. I'm just simply saying allow Curse to be a run enforcement at the second level to take away
4: their best player. right? And let Muquamu take away one of their best passing threats. It was interesting, too. You mentioned about Donovan Wilson. I'm huge on probably my favorite saying is just because it's proven to be so true. In my life is actions speak louder than words and man the way uh free agency started and when they went after donovan wilson the way that mm-hmm. they did it made it so clear how important he was because you know when you talk about the cowboys defense a lot i mean where where does he even come in the ranking of, of how much you're talking about somebody he's not in the top two three four guys that you talk about but the way they went after him in free agency just made it very clear of the importance like you said yep. and it's just easy to forget about him because he's a later round pick He's a guy that we haven't seen much this year because of the injury in training camp. But, yeah, there's no question that they feel, yeah, this could be a major hit, not having him on the field because of because of his importance that maybe doesn't always show up in, in all the areas that get you on TV. Name, but.
3: name your top three enforcers, physical enforcers on his defense. Oh, he's
4: definitely on it. Yeah, he's up there.
2: Yeah,
3: You talking about somebody who's a tone yeah. setter? I would probably say Wilson,
1: not in any particular order. Wilson, Micah. Micah just had the flash mm-hmm. yeah, plays. Sure. He did what it could. And sneakily, I would say Leighton vanderesh Esch at the second level. Mm. He came down. He can come downhill and hit you a little bit. I think he's more of a tackler than a hitter. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I still think yeah. that he plugs the gaps the way that I want you. So to. I, when I, the reason why I bring that
3: up is because but his, Wilson's his there. absence. If he's gone, if he's not present in this game, which I think we're all kind of in accordance that the chances are he, he's probably not. Mm-hmm. That's a huge huge void in terms of energy. In terms of somebody that can come downhill and make a big hit and just really just turn the momentum, that's huge, especially at the second level, third level. All right? He works his way down to the second level. Yeah. Who else is bringing that?
4: Man, it's tough for me, even after him and Micah, even to come up with that third. Exactly. It really is. Exactly. I mean, there's the potential for Damone Clark, but but I mean, he has to get there. Yep. Um, so man. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's it's, it's major.
3: So that's I want. I just want the fans out there to understand Donald not being on the field. That's a void now. Yeah. Just because you can put another guy in there that can run around doesn't mean that you're going to feel what he brings because his intensity is second to none, yeah. except for Micah. Yeah. Right. By
1: the way, I saw a stat this morning about Donovan Wilson that blew my mind. He was the fifth-fewest targeted EPA in the NFL last year it's in terms of safeties. So out of the safety groups <laughs> in the entire NFL, yeah. <laughs> he was the fifth-fewest – EPA on targets last year behind Poyer, Simmons, Neal. That's <laughs> some, it. Some good dudes. Yeah. yeah. Or I, I guess that that's three guys. But, yeah, Poyer, Simmons, Neal, then it's Wilson. And actually, Malik Hooker is up there as well. So you've got multiple guys there. But yeah. in terms of EPA, which is expected points. What is that? Is it on average? I believe so, yeah. Uh, expected points added. That's what it is. That's what the A. Expected points added. New metric in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was top five. In terms of you safety. keep your head on a swivel. When so not having out. him in the fold this week could be big. All right, we've got to take our second break. When we come back, I put a question on Twitter last night, got some responses. I want to see what y'all's responses are. What three Cowboys are you most excited to watch in 2023? And it could be for any reason whatsoever. We'll answer that question when we come back right after this.
0: It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by
1: Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in to Talking Cowboys on a Wednesday in week one. All right. I put the question out there and you can also add in your answers to this question. Text us at eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. Again, that's eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight. What three Cowboys are you most excited to watch in 2023? I had like 170 responses on this yesterday. You have a lot of followers. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I really don't. I, I would love some. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, we got a ton of responses, and it's really all over the place, which is part of, partially why I put the question out there. I don't have a for-sure answer. I do now, but at least whenever I was doing it, I, I didn't have a for-sure answer. I want to see what y'all think. Nick, who would be your top three guys to watch?
2: I'm going to start. Just, guys, I'm personally excited to see. Exactly. That's, that's purely what it is here. Brandon Cooks, I'm really excited to see what he can cool. bring to this offense. I'm really excited about that. Um, Dak, in this new offense, just how that looks. Yeah. Um, and stefan gilmore i I, for some reason i just feel like he's not being talked about enough i just i don't feel like he i feel like we just need to be banging stefan's name a little bit more
1: (laughs) so you have the starting quarterback and the two former pro bowl additions yep on the outside i guess not not cooks unfortunately he should oh yeah that's right not a pro never never made a pro bowl which is weird but hey maybe this year
4: maybe this It's the first time for everything what you think? Those are all great. Uh, number one for me is Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I just that was a see, popular yeah. one. Yeah, I just want to see how they're going to utilize him. And uh,
1: What's the original question? What are the top three guys you're looking forward to the most on this Cowboys team?
4: I also think in year three, Micah Parsons can still take another step. So mm-hmm. he has to be on my list. Um, and if I have to pick someone that you haven't said, I would also go. Because Cooks is definitely on there for me, man. He's mm-hmm. been, to me... Super impressive all the way from the start of training camp. Kind of going back to what I said about, uh, okay, well, I got to see Daniel Jones's rapport with with Waller. If I was at the Giants training camp and it looked like the rapport I've seen with Dak and Cooks, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to be a big year for Waller. Wow. Like, yeah. C- Cooks and him have been on the same page. It honestly takes me back to uh, how quick uh, Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and Dak got on the same page after Amari was traded here. Uh, I'm going to have to go Jalen Tolbert. And just because... With the way that football's played nowadays, even if you are the fourth receiver and everyone, the top three stay healthy, he's still going to get opportunities and he just didn't get many opportunities last year because, I mean, he'll, he'll say it. It just, you know, he wasn't where he needed to be yeah. uh, in the playbook and, and for his assignments. And so I'm interested to see what kind of impact he, he can make because to me, he's the type of guy where I would try and get him the ball pretty early uh, just to kind of build some confidence in some certain situations. I'm not talking like opening series or anything, but I I don't want to come out of this first game without giving him a touch or two
3: what you think Isaiah have two off top uh
2: Damone Clark that was my honorable mention yeah. Yeah. that's a good, that's one. A good so one I
3: think Damone Clark is going to be one of if not the most impactful defensive player on this team I mean outside of stat line I know Michael would get a sacks and all that but Demon Clark is going to have a heck of a year and mm-hmm. he's finally
4: healthy and that, that's the thing people forget sometimes Confidence, that neck man. injury he had I'm telling you I'll never forget seeing it at his locker the first time he talked to us and he was like I've never had anything before this. You know, that's the same thing with the yeah. Michael Gallup knee injury. Like, the, it's not like, the you know, it's easy with football to think, like, oh, these guys are just one in major injury after another. Some guys don't have that. And that, that Damone Clark thing was an outlier for him. That's why he was surprised at the combine when they were like, yeah. By the way, here's your neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go on.
3: No, you're good. Uh, Damone Clark, Tony Pollard. I think he's going to play lights out this year because okay. he wants the bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the third one, hmm. I think Dak's going to have a much improved year, but I think mm, it's very difficult. Uh, I want to say
1: Ferguson. Yeah. that's That was actually a, yeah, a sneaky, popular answer on a lot say, of the responses. I want to say
3: Ferguson. I think that he needs to have a big year. I'm mm-hmm. um, just not sure how big of a year that would be. Both Ferguson but, and Schoonmaker were mentioned. What would be a big times.
2: year for Ferguson in your eyes?
3: Not even stats wise. I just think that he needs to have a heck of a year at the line of scrimmage okay yeah
2: it doesn't have to be stats yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i
3: think he needs to have a heck of a year at the line of scrimmage he's shown
2: improvement in that he has he's really has I'm, th- I'm excited for him
3: i think in order for this offense to go you need both of your starting tight ends to have an impact in that running game you're going to see them come out in a lot of do sets where tight ends on each side and they can audible to either, either side not knowing what direction you're running or passing play action all those things those tight ends are going to be heavily involved in this offense there's going to be a lot of two tight end sets a ton of two tight end sets. So yeah. schoolmaker, wake up, get going. Um, and then Fergie, you're gonna have to he has to have a good year in order for this offense to go. And everybody's talking about the O line, obviously, as we should. But those tight ends are gonna play just as much of a role into this blocking scheme as every, as the offensive linemen are. The
1: the limit of three guys made things tough on this question because there's you could probably pair guys. I mean, I think just pairing the wide receivers and the cornerbacks would be fun. Stephon Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs and then C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. My three guys are Micah, CD, and Cooks at the top. Without, I mean, of course, doubling up on some of the things that y'all have talked about. I just have so much excitement to see this wide receiver core really take off, take to the next level. And then I think Micah, the way that he dominated in practice at times at training camp, I think he can take that to the game too, and just see that next step. Kind of like what we talked about yesterday with the the pass rush and getting up to maybe close to twenty sacks. I think that's possible if he stays healthy through an
4: entire seventeen game season. And there's, there's possibilities.
1: One other I want to throw in there, yeah, though. There's
4: one other I wanted to mention, too, that I'm kind of surprised that no one said, but I'm sure you did in your. Let me. Not going. Let me think. Sam Williams? That I'm was just, what mine was going to be. I'm just thinking of covering an NFL football team. When you ask questions like that and you get enough people, you think eventually somebody says the first round draft pick.
2: Mm. Yeah, 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 It mm. popped in my mind when you were talking for sure. I was but like, I, none <laughs> of us are going to say Mozzie. I want to see.
3: Yeah, I want to see going down. I have a name that nobody's going to say. Who? Zach Martin.
4: Okay. There you go. I
3: believe that that's this will one. be the most challenging year for him in terms of talent that he's facing. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Week in and week out. Yep. This wow. is. The, I think this is the strongest that this division has been on the interior defensive line in a very long time. Yeah.
2: Because yeah, every every team has guys right there at that three Absolutely. tech that are going to be ready to roll.
3: <laughs> I'm still
1: scrolling and I haven't seen a single Mozzie Smith. Which, uh,
2: Is there anybody you've seen a lot of that
1: we didn't mention? Uh, I mean, a lot of Deuce. Uh, Micah's probably far and away the number one. Yeah. I think
4: Micah's pretty Honestly, uh, if you pose that question like on like an NFL level, I think mm-hmm. there'd be Micah Parsons on a lot of those. No, for no doubt.
1: I do have one Mozzie here. It was tweeted an hour ago, and I tweeted this 18 hours ago. So that's the first Mozzie that I've seen. But he got in there. got in there. A lot of Mozzie couple Michael Gallups sneaking in yeah. there too because they want to yeah, see he's... him fully healthy yeah. back into it I get that Trayvon Diggs Trayvon Diggs hasn't really been talked about a whole lot Tyler Smith Donovan Wilson whenever they're both healthy and, and fully ready to go uh, but yeah a lot honestly the sneaky ones were Ferguson Deuce and uh schoonmaker lots of those answers scattered throughout but that just goes to what we've talked about on this show already is that there are weapons on this team their roster built this roster is built to do something. You just got to put it all together. You got to find a way to do it. But
2: I want to throw in a really quick one. Yeah, I, I'm excited for uh, Leighton Vanderesh's evil um, off ball twin, which is the on ball Leighton, Leighton Vanderesss. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to. I'm see I'm gonna that tell for you this right time. now. I don't
4: know if I should be saying this on here, but I'm just gonna say it. And I wasn't there for that last last week of training mm-hmm. camp. Okay, but I still watch everything that's out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when you asked him about Leighton Vanderesh, I have never seen Dan Quinn answer a question like that. Like, it literally was one of those things where, you know, you're eating some cereal, you're doing some other things, and it was one of those things where I was like... Yeah. Hold on, let me rewind that back. Did he really say he didn't know what he was talking I, yeah. about? Let me rewind that back. I actually
2: kinda of felt better. When it's too bad for the presser, I was like, Hey man, I d I wasn't trying to like call out anything. He's like, honestly, it's all good, man. He's like, I had my wife text me about it this morning. I'm like, dang, it's getting out. I'm like, Yeah, yeah man, there's cameras here, but he's like, Nah, it's all good, man.
4: I mean people wow. are gonna He actually
2: saw me in Seattle too, like out in the city and Layton happened to be with him and he was like, I was just telling Layton about your question in the press yeah. conference. I was like, Hey, it's good to know you're not mad at me, man. That's cool. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, I mean <laughs> they were just you, There were drills out
4: in training camp. <laughs> Where it's just Leighton with, with, uh, with Ed and Durday just mm-hmm. working yeah. on pass-first things in between other drills. I just mean, swimming
2: for like and 10 minutes. And there's no question yeah. he's
4: going to do it week one, but it was just funny that when he asked it in the last week of training camp, that Dan's like, yeah, don't know what you're talking about. Mm. It was I'm good. not familiar with that alignment. Yeah, Next that's question. what he said. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
1: Let's keep going. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. All right. That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Tomorrow we'll flip the script. We go Cowboys offense versus the New York Giants defense, one of the biggest blitz-heavy defenses in the NFL last year. How can Dak Prescott in this West Coast scheme combat it? I'm excited about this preview. I think it'll be a lot of fun tomorrow. Got to do some more film study tonight to for get sure. ready for it. But we'll that does it for us here on a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long here from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow.